you're still treating it appropriately because you understand the reason for its bad behavior. Right. That doesn't mean you always accept the bad behavior. It doesn't mean no, you just exactly. ignore it, but you are still called to treat another human being with grace. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, what does a good relationship look like? Here is a question that we got. Okay. And again, I've seen it in lots of other forums and, and other online groups because okay. people don't actually know what a good relationship looks like. That's oh. the question. What does a good, good relationship, relationship look, look like? like? How do you define that? It's complicated. There's so many history issues. There's so many personal issues. Right. There's so many cultural issues. There's so many of, I mean. All sorts of things. It is a complicated question. And people that do have the definition to that yeah. typically have different definitions and of what a good what, relationship is like. And that's what makes fireworks happen in any marriage. Right. And so we thought we'd answer the question definitively today. <laughs> definitively. Definitively. And it will cover, I think, all of those issues. Again, yeah. cultural, history, personal, all of it. Right. I think it begins with six things. I you was can... going to say that. <laughs> you can you can define a good relationship if it has these six things. Yes. And if it's your relationship is struggling, we will go as far as to say it's because you are missing, missing. or lacking or don't know how to do one of these six things. Yes, for sure. The first one is openness. openness. Okay. Openness is this idea that I'm going to be receptive to my spouse as opposed to closed off, shut down and defensive. Right. Uh, I saw so many people walk into my office and they were there to get help, but they were closed off. Their arms are folded. They were turned away and they weren't actually listening. They were in their survival brain. They were right. in their defensive brain. Yes, and that, that was like me when we had a little squabble sitting on the couch the other day. You're not supposed to tell people that. We're supposed to be perfect. No. <laughs> we did have a little squabble. And... I had my arms cross my chest and I was not having anything. And I realized, oh, dang it. I am not open right now. So I told you, yep. I'm not open right now, yep. but I'm not ready That's right. for something along those lines. At least you were aware of it. Yes. The, the fact that you were aware of it helped you get out of that state yes. faster. Yes, it did. Um, again, openness is always where it begins because as we go down this list of other things, you can't talk about some of these other things if you aren't actually listening, if you're right. defensive, if you're closed off and shut down. Yes. Um, uh, research shows this, that husbands who are open to influence, they're willing to listen to the opinions and ideas of their spouse and children. When they're looking at the stats there, they can, they can say with 80% certainty that if a marriage will make it or not based right. upon that one thing right there. Openness. That's, that's just profound. It is. It is huge. It, it's monstrous. So the first element in a healthy relationship is openness, non-defensiveness. The second thing is responsibility, responsibility, not blaming the other person. Again, you've heard over and over and over again that you can't change another person. 
I can't change you. You and I are sitting at the de- table right now recording this podcast. I can't actually make you stand up out of the chair you're sitting in, short of physically grabbing you right. and trying to um, force you to get up, which is a problem in and of itself. If that's what I'm resorting to. Sure. Um, but I could beg. I could bribe. I could ask. I could threaten. I could try all sorts of things. And you're not getting up out of that chair unless you actually want to. Right. Exactly. And the sooner people understand that I can't change my spouse, I can't make them do something, but I can create an environment which makes it favorable or possible for both of us to be growing and changing. Yes. When I start to work on myself, it creates an environment or an invitation for other people to start working on themselves for you, for instance. For sure. Um, and so becoming um, responsible, my definition of that is response able. So even if you're being rotten, even if you are having a terrible, inappropriate, sinful, uh, bad response towards me, I still am called to have a good response towards you. I am response able. I am able to choose my response yes, exactly. and how I treat you. Yes. And that is the magic of healthy marriages because most unhealthy marriages react and bounce off of each other. Well, right. you're being pissy and yelling at me. I'm going to get pissy and yell at you or you shut down and walk away. Fine. We're not talking for three days. Right. I would, I would say even if you just had those two things in your marriage, yep. you'd be 90% of the way to yeah. a great marriage. Yeah. Would your marriage benefit from having one-on-one time with Paul and I? How about spending seven days with us learning how to apply all the tools you've heard about on the Secure Marriage Podcast to your own marriage? Better yet, how about doing all of that in a warm, sunny, stunningly beautiful part of the world? You're invited to be one of only seven couples to join us on our first ever marriage cruise in February, 2023. We'll be sailing out of Los Angeles for the tropical waters of Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Vallarta, and Mazatlan, Mexico. While on the cruise, you'll get to stay in your own spacious balcony cabin aboard the beautiful Navigator of the Seas by Royal Caribbean. You'll also enjoy delicious food, stunning entertainment, and plenty of free time to get reacquainted with your spouse. If you want a memorable way to make your marriage better, go to Secure Marriage com forward slash cruise and submit your application. Time's running out and we only have space for a few more couples. So don't delay. While on the crew, while on the crew, why can't I say that word? Cruise. <laughs> while on the cruise, boy, cruise. cruise, time's running out and we only have space. For <laughs> when we talk about openness and responsibility, yeah. Um, you can see the correlation. Yeah. If, even if your spouse is taking responsibility for what they have done, yep. but you're not open, yeah. you're not going to hear them nope. and you're still going to be accusing them, accusing yep. them. And it makes it really difficult for when someone is like, oh man, I realize I did this. I'm sorry that I did this and their spouse isn't open and it goes on deaf ears, it really makes it difficult to want to continue that. So you really have to work on both. You have to be open. You have to take responsibility. And you have to practice the third thing, which kind of ties the first two together, which is empathy. empathy. Feelings matter. If I actually don't care about how you are experiencing life. So again, right now we're sitting in our living room and the heater's off and it's a little cold. My feet are freezing. Yes, and if I go, I don't care how you feel. I just suck it up, Nancy. I mean, just right. deal with it. Put some socks on. If, if I am completely um, immune to your 
emotional reactions or responses or the way you experience the world, then it comes across that I just don't care. Right. And the minute it feels like I don't care about you, that is now actually the beginning of the relationship roadmap. That is where things start to go sideways and people start to react and get defensive and they start to shut down or they start to look for answers. And if they don't find them, then they end up feeling in a trapped marriage. Yes. Because you want to know that your spouse actually cares about you and your feelings. Yes. Empathy is huge. It is. That's the first three. So we have openness, responsibility, and empathy. Those are actually kind of behavioral things. The next three things of the six of what it looks like to have a healthy relationship, what it looks like to have a good relationship, actually kind of are more about mindset. Yes. So we go from action to mindset. Uh, The next one is grace. Most people go, what the heck is grace? Grace is seeing that your spouse has inherent value simply because they exist, simply because they've been created. Um, Again, we come from a a faith background. Um, We believe that we're created in the image of God because that's what scripture says. And anyone who's created in the image of God deserves to be treated with kindness and respect regardless of of how they treat us. It kind of goes back to the responsibility thing, but just because you are acting poorly towards me, I don't have permission to act poorly towards you because of your inherent value. value. Exactly. I always use the wounded bobcat story here where you have a wounded bobcat who's got a foot caught in a snare and it's been there for three days and it's hungry and it's scared and it's injured and it's in pain and it's thirsty. Uh, what's going to happen if you try to walk up to that cat and try to help it? Oh, it's going to snatch at you. Yeah, it's going to try to take your eyeballs out. Yep. It's a terror. It, it, it's actually unwise to do that. But does that mean you grab the nearest tree branch and you start beating the cat uh, senseless? No. You understand its bad behavior is because of it's injured and it's tired and it's thirsty and it's in pain right. and all those other things. And you still treat it with kindness and respect and with carefulness. But you also put on the big leather gloves. You get the rope, the pole with the rope on it yes. or maybe a tranquilizer dart or something. You're still treating it appropriately because you understand the reason for its bad behavior. Right. That doesn't mean you always accept the bad behavior. It doesn't mean no, you just exactly. ignore it. But you are still called to treat another human being with grace. I think this is where a lot of people have a problem because it's really difficult to know how to not treat someone well when when they're behaving poorly. But it feels like if you still continue to treat them well, that you're actually ignoring their behavior. So finding out how to be able to do that without saying your behavior is okay. Exactly. Exactly. And that is a balancing act. And there is, this is where boundaries come in. This is where not having a codependent relationship. This is where being able to call abuse, abuse. It's a complex issue, but there's still the underlying foundation of you still get to treat someone with grace. Research shows that if you take people who are in prison, who have done horrific crimes and you continue to shame them. This actually comes out a lot of Brene Brown stuff. You continue to shame them and treat them terrible. Their chances of reoffending go through the roof. Right, exactly. And yet if you treat someone who's done a horrible, horrible crime with respect and kindness and grace, and yet they still have to pay the consequences for the bad behavior that they've done, the chances of them reoffending are much, much, much lower. And even when you and I have situations where you're not behaving well or I'm not behaving well because we have hurt feelings or, yeah. or whatever the situation yeah. happens to be, I know for myself that when you treat me 
kindly. Yeah. Even though I am not acting very nice. Yeah. Because I'm hurt. Yeah. Um, it really lowers my defenses. Mm. I don't stay angry with no. you as easily or hurt by. I mean, yeah. I still be hurt, but. Yeah. It just kind of softens me. Yeah. It doesn't add fuel to my fire. And yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things is people, they respond in kind and that just escalates the situation. It doesn't do anything nope. to nope. to lower the situation. And you have to act within your own integrity. Just because someone else is acting poorly doesn't mean that you need to no. act poorly as well. Yeah, it goes back to that, what we were talking about earlier, which is you can actually get your spouse to change by having the good behavior yourself. Exactly. If you match their behavior with your own bad behavior, it's a guaranteed race to the bottom and you don't want to do that. So we've covered four of the six things of what a good relationship looks like. We have openness, responsibility, empathy, and grace. The next one is oneness. oneness. That is shared values. You are on the same page for all the big things in life. If you aren't on the same page, then you can't actually travel together because you're going in two different directions. You, right. you have two different targets you're trying to hit. And the big five in this, we always talk about our sex, money, parenting, faith, and family. Sex, money, parenting, faith, or family. Faith can be worldview. So that's where a lot of po political differences, that's where a lot of cultural differences kind of come in. Family is actually extended family. So again, around this time of year where holidays start, a lot of conflict starts there. But every couple fights over sex and money. That's just For a sure. common, the yes. top two big ones. Parenting is a huge one if you have kiddos. There's other things you can argue again around roles and chores and free friends. time and friends and all these other things. So these aren't the only values out there, but these tend to be the big ones that, that right. you tend to fight over. And individuals who end up getting married and don't have these conversations about where their value systems are around these, these topics or other topics in life find out a little bit too late, two, three, five years into a marriage that, oh my gosh, we actually aren't aligned on some of these things. Right. We just got an email from somebody who said his wife has basically just kind of completely walked away from their faith has once nothing to do with the faith system that they both shared when they first got married. And it feels like a huge betrayal. How do you train your kids? What do you teach your kids about right. faith now? You don't practice your same faith thing together anymore. It becomes an incredibly difficult point of contention yes. in a relationship. And so being on the same page around these big things is essential. I call them the deal breakers. You can get upset about, you know, which way the toilet paper goes or if you put the <laughs> cat back on the toothpaste, those typically don't lead to divorce. These ones do. Right. These ones are the deal breakers for relationship and you have to be able to deal with them. Right. Like the spouse who's a spender and the spouse Yo, who's a saver yeah. and one goes out and just buys big purchases yep. without discussing it with the other yep. one. And that yep. can cause huge, huge problems. I just read another post this morning on a thing online here where the wife is going, I want sex a couple times each week and the husband only wants it a couple times each month. And she's feeling rejected and neglected right. and heartbroken and all of this stuff. These are the things that cause major problems. In right. So that's five of the six. Openness, responsibility, empathy, grace, oneness. And then finally, needs. needs. Needs are understanding the essential needs that you as a woman have, that most women have. Right. You understanding the needs that I as a man have, most men have, but it goes one step further. It's my responsibility. It's my privilege. It's my honor. It's my joy to be a student of you 
and understand how you, this what, woman, my particular, not every woman, just right. you woman, what your needs are. And that comes from your story, your history, your yes. personality, your bag of crazy, <laughs> your weirdness. Yeah. And if I'm not studying that and understanding that, if I don't, if I don't take the time to truly become a master of who you are, then again, it feels like I don't care about you. Yes. It feels like we're just roommates or I'm actually in it to be selfish. And, you know, you're here to make sure my needs get met, but I'm not actually taking the time to understand how to meet your needs. Right. So needs are absolutely essential. And the thing about these six things is there's an order to them. Yes. So you have to start with openness. Yes. If you're not open, yeah. you're never going to hear your spouse talking about what their needs nope. and trying to communicate those nope. needs. You're never going to be able to talk about values. Right. If you don't take responsibility, yeah. you're not taking the responsibility to listen to your spouse, to learn about your spouse, to try to understand your spouse, yeah. to meet their needs. Yep. So you have to start with openness yep. and move through them. If you don't have openness, responsibility or empathy yeah. or grace, yeah. needs it, don't matter. It all falls down. Yes. So let's take one example, just one right now. We could take every example in marriage and apply it to these six areas. That's how confident I am that these six areas right. are the thing that define a good relationship. Right. This is the quintessential answer to everyone's problems. Okay. Let's take something like chores, arguing over chores. How do these six things play into arguing over chores. It starts with uh, values. So what are the rules? So, right. okay, I, I'm the man. That means I am the provider financially. And so I go to work and I now have expectations that you do all the chores around the house. Yes. That's a difference in values potentially. Yes, but you are the man, so you are supposed to mop the kitchen floor and take the garbage out. Oh, so there's different there's different expectations around what those roles are based upon what you grew up in yes. your history, understanding what your needs are and how you're wired. Yes. See how this starts to play out, everybody? I actually don't mind doing the dishes. I enjoy doing the dishes, but I hate doing the laundry. You don't mind doing the laundry, right. at least exactly. as far as I know, but you don't would, enjoy doing the dishes. Yes, I would much rather do the laundry than the dishes. And so right there, we start to understand your feelings. Yes. It isn't a matter of right and wrong. Who does the dishes isn't a moral issue. It's a preference issue. But I understand, okay, if, if I listen to your feelings, you'd rather wash the laundry and I wash the dishes. Yeah, and you might Great. ask me, why do you not like washing the yeah. dishes? And I would say, because it makes my fingernails hurt. Yes, exactly, and I, and I could don't. have told you that answer. You <laughs> exactly. don't like it because it makes your fingernails hurt. <laughs> Which is one of those weird bags of crazy. Yep, that I married into. Yes. Empathy, you last night, after you made dinner, you came in the living room and said, I don't wanna to have to do the dishes anymore. The dishes tonight. Tonight, yes. And I had already talked to Isaac and said, hey, we've been doing the dishes for the last couple of weeks and you're home tonight. Guess what? It's your turn to do the dishes. And he goes, okay, no problem. I was already anticipating your need, but having empathy for the fact that you made I dinner, was, you yes, don't want to have tired. to also do the dishes and your feelings, you're tired. So we're going to take that into consideration and your feelings matter. We're yes. going to empathize. And if I had come in and said, oh, I really don't want to do the dishes tonight after I just finished doing all the yeah. dinner. And you went, yeah. I don't care. That's it, not very open. Yeah, That's not, not open at all. So being willing to hear and listen yeah. 
being open to what I want and what I need, having empathy for the state of my well-being yep. at the moment. Yep. All of that is important. This is just one example. This is chores. And we pick it because chores is a major point of contention for a lot of couples. So we're just we're kind of doing the easy one right now. Yeah. But I would challenge you, take any issue in your marriage, take any issue in your marriage, and you're going to find out that one of these six areas is either out of balance or missing completely yes. or being executed poorly. Yes. And that is what's causing whatever this issue is in your relationship. Now, this is exactly 20 minutes and six seconds into this podcast. And after Francis edits this, it might be, you know, just shy of 20 minutes. We don't have enough time to go in depth on each one of these things because there is a lot more to it. Why responsibility is so important. What gets in the way of it? Uh, What does it look like practically? What are some exercises to grow in responsibility or grace or needs or all these other things? Because you're recognizing, wow, this one's out of balance and we got to get better at it. This is why we have actually built an entire online course to teach individuals who are going, Okay, I finally have a map. I I had no idea what a good relationship looks like. I now know exactly what a good one is, and I want to be able to apply it to my marriage. You have two options. You can go to securemarriage.com, and at the top it says online courses, and you can click on one of those, and then you can click on the online workshop. It's about four and a half, five hours of videos. They're about 10 minutes a piece, um, but there is about six videos per module here. And we, there's an intro and a, and a conclusion one. But if even that is like, okay, we're not still sure even how to do some of this and how to apply this. And you said, okay, we actually want to have some coaching and know how to apply this to our marriage. And we want someone to help us. We actually are offering marriage coaching now Shannon and I are we We can do it via zoom or if you happen to live in the Portland area here we can actually do it face to face and we will take you through a very clear um, system or program that is now applying each one of these six things to your marriage to your relationship and you can have someone kind of help point those things out and say here's why it's not working here's what you're struggling with here's exactly what you need to do if you fix this thing right now your marriage will get better it's like hiring a personal trainer. You can go to a gym and pay $29.95 a month and work out on your own, but sometimes a personal trainer is able to optimize that time yes. and get you better results faster. Yes. And they, so that's they what see coaching the things, and training does. Yeah. They Even though you know how to use all the equipment, yep. they see the things that you're missing and yep. how you could use it even better. And do this thing first and this thing second and this thing thir- third, and that will get you better results. Right. Those are the two options we have right now. And those are both available at securemarriage.com. You can go and click on the menu on the top and find any of those that are available. Other than that, we hope that this has been clarifying. We hope that this is like, okay, we now know how to measure if our marriage is healthy or not, if we have a good relationship or not. Yes. And now we know what we might need to work on. That's why we do what we do. Wouldn't that have been great to have that information when we first got married or even before we got married? Do you know how many problems we could have avoided if we had that? Right. But that's why we're putting them out there for other people so we can let people learn from our mistakes yes anyway thanks for listening everyone Cooper we're dog sitting right now yeah little puppy he's he's giving me the eye which says play with me play with me okay everyone we'll see you later alrighty bye bye (laughs) bye bye